Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. You know, when the nation was founded, we got our Constitution, and later we had the first ten amendments, the Bill of Rights. The First Amendment is very, very important. Freedom of speech. Freedom of speech. That was in the federal constitution. Interestingly, in the states, you could still sue people who slandered you. You could sue them for defamation, libel. Now, this changed over time, but it really wasn't until the 1960s in New York versus Sullivan, that is the New York Times, that the Supreme Court changed essentially 200 years of history. That is, you can speak freely, but if your speech has the purpose of trying to character assassinate somebody, then you're really undermining free speech. So if you call somebody a Klansman, you better have some serious facts. If you call somebody a white supremacist, you better have some real facts. You better have some evidence. If you accuse somebody of masterminding a coup plot, you better have some facts. Clarence Thomas is right that that decision was a disaster. You can have free speech. But the problem with giving and allowing entities or individuals 
since 1965 anyway, to pretty much say whatever they want to say really doesn't contribute to free speech. Particularly if you're in the media or you pretend to be analyzing the media, it does enormous damage to the First Amendment. Enormous damage. And so it is, I wasn't going to bring this up to you, but I will. This website, Media Matters, is a character assassination project funded by dark money from wealthy Democrats. It's given a tax-exempt status by the Internal Revenue Service based on representations it makes to the Internal Revenue Service in its mission statement. We have a board member on Cumulus, a publicly held company, and I've been working in this position since ABC Radio News and and Citadel and then Cumulus and so forth. A board member who has been tied to Media Matters, certainly in the past, at a rather senior level. Isn't that astonishing, considering all the conservative stations and hosts that Cumulus owns? But there's a headline there that says a Fox host who apparently helped mastermind John Eastman's coup plot was the only one talking about it in primetime. What in the world are they talking about? Fox News is burying Thursday's revelations about the plot by then-President Donald Trump and Trump lawyer John Eastman writes somebody named Matt Gertz to pressure then-Vice President Mike Pence to illegally reject electors from key states that supported Joe Biden and thus subvert the election to keep Trump in office, detailed during Thursday's hearing of the House Select Committee investigating the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. The only mentions of that conspiracy during Fox's primetime block Thursday night came from Fox host Mark Levin, who apparently worked with Eastman to develop the plot and spoke out on Thursday in support of it. I developed the coup plot with John Eastman. What in the hell are they talking about? You see, somebody leaked to Politico, probably from the committee, that the January 6th committee has, I think it's 12 emails of mine. I have no idea how they got them. None. 12 emails of mine. The substance of which have not been made public, and I am not free to make them public. But I do know this. There was no plot in those emails to subvert the election. In fact, those emails, which again I cannot read on the air, show the opposite. 
The fact that I subsequently give opinions about what I think on radio and TV and so forth. That's what I do. That's my job. That's what I study day in and day out. I've never had any discussion about the vice president or the president or what the vice president can do in giving advice to anybody. To anybody that I can think of in any private manner. Everything I've said has been public with you. Now, I've had enough of these little bastards. I've had enough of them. I sat down with, or spoke to, I should say, a couple of legal experts, litigators who do this for a living. I don't, that is, handle these kinds of cases. They advised me at least thus far to keep my powder dry. But I'm chomping at the bit. I am chomping at the bit. One day those will be public, I guess. In some report, the January 6th committee does. But I ask you, how would you like a headline? A Fox host who apparently helped mastermind John Eastman's coup plot was the only one talking about it in prime time. There was no coup plot. There was no masterminding. There was none of it. None of it. And here I am stuck. At least for now. I'm monitoring it. At least for now. I'm just being completely open with you. Completely open with you. This is how they tried to take out Rush. This is how they try to take out other people. To create a caricature of somebody that doesn't exist. Period. I've never supported white supremacy. They have implied that I have. I've never supported neo-Nazism. They have implied that I have. I've never been involved in giving legal advice about Pence or a coup or anything of that kind. They pretty much state that I have. How about we debate the facts? What I actually say, rather than spinning and lying about it. I give my monologues, my statements, my understandings, my beliefs, very publicly. I don't hide them. I don't whisper one view to one person and one view to another. Period. And if I'm wrong about something, I research it further. I wrote an entire book on the Liberty Amendments. My initial position was to investigate it and try and shut it down. Then I said, wait a minute, I'm wrong. I'm wrong about Article 5. And I wrote an entire book, and I endorsed the movement. I have since talked about Pence on the radio and with you on TV. But not even Pence about the power of the vice presidency under these circumstances, what I've written in the past, what I've said in the past, what I say now, 
These people aren't going to intimidate me to be quiet with their false, libelous, in my view, headlines and statements. I'm watching them. I'm boxed in. These experts are watching them, too. Nothing I can do right now. But at some point, you never know. At some point, you never know. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You know, like most lawyers, but in my case, even more, I'm asked for legal opinions all the time. I normally don't give them. If it involves the Constitution, I'm more than happy to try and talk them through and work them through, that sort of thing. That's it. And I'm happy to do it with John Eastman. I'm happy to do it with anybody. And I've done it with many. But nothing to do with anything of the sort that this media matters, writes about, and Politico implies, and all the rest of it. Time will bear this out. Time will bear it out. But isn't it amazing? They're trying to figure out what happened on January 6th, right? Does this sound like they're trying to figure out what happened on January 6th, ladies and gentlemen? Now they want to talk to Pence. Now they want to talk to Ginny Thomas. Doesn't this sound like a Stalinist, broad investigation? They don't want to know what happened on January 6th. They have no interest and trying to figure out what happened on January 6th. The whole thing is set up to push a narrative. And their media are doing exactly the same thing. Push a narrative. I'm not going to sit here and take this crap. Period. Period. I'm not a victim. I'm not going to roll over and play dead either. I don't understand why this organization has a tax-exempt status. Media Matters. I don't understand how they avoid an audit. I don't understand how the, the millionaires and billionaires that donate to this organization, the dark money, how they get tax deductions. When all their employees are radical leftists, most of them are Democrats. But I would love, I would love to get a hold of their text messages, their emails, put them under deposition and all the rest of it. I would love it. At least for now, I can't. 
So the experts tell me. That's what they tell me. Like this guy, Gertz. Oh, I'd want to do it myself. Myself. But I'm stuck. At least for now. At least for now. All right. I wanted you to know the information there. That said, I want to move into the economy. We're going to spend a lot of time on this. Because, ladies and gentlemen, the Biden administration is not only flailing around and throwing out ridiculous ideas and ideas that are fine but aren't going to do a damn thing. But it's going to get worse. And by the time November rolls around, and even before November, early voting rolls around, it's going to be worse than it is today. How do I know? The question is, how do people not know? Particularly people who pretend to be in the know. How is that possible? Because they're liars. It's like the January 6th committee. Every one of those people on the committee were picked to protect Nancy Pelosi. That's why she chose them. If Jim Jordan had been on that committee, or Bates had been on that committee, or a handful of others had been on that committee, like a normal committee, they'd at least be raising the question. We had a thousand witnesses. Shouldn't we have a thousand and one? That being Nancy Pelosi? They don't even ask the question. They don't even ask the question. Shouldn't we at least have some lawyers, some constitutional experts, some law professors who have in the past have commented on whether or not state legislatures can act and some historians that will tell us they did in fact act? Shouldn't we at least have their testimony? That is not going to happen. Period. That is not going to happen. And that's why I said last night during the opening statement or monologue or whatever you call it on my Fox show. These aren't new revelations we're learning from this committee. This committee is a disgusting disgrace. It has no place in our American system without checks and balances, without exculpatory witnesses and evidence, without witnesses that don't simply support the position of the committee. Without motions, without opposition. That is a disgrace. All right, more on the economy, however, when I return. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. 
America's most powerful conservative voice. The Mark Levin Show. Dial in now. 877-381-3811. Here's the good news. Nobody gives a damn about the January 6th committee. They're concerned about other things. I care because I know they're they're trying to squirrel their way into an indictment of a former president and the damage that does to our country and our system. But the fact is, this isn't resonating the way the Democrats had hoped. And we have some big decisions coming down from the United States Supreme Court. We will learn whether justices have been intimidated or not by the Democrat Party and their mob. And I believe if they unleash their mob, as they always do, and you'll notice the silence of Biden, Schumer, and Pelosi, as well as all their surrogates in the face of the violent mob that is the Democrat base, you'll notice that they're not trying to quell anything. They haven't even yet acknowledged the plot to assassinate a Supreme Court justice. The same Supreme Court justice they tried to destroy before he got on the Supreme Court, Kavanaugh, just as they tried to destroy Donald Trump before he became President of the United States, just as they tried to destroy Clarence Thomas before he was on the Supreme Court, and on and on. Notice whose house they aren't protesting in front of Mr. Producer. Chief Justice Roberts. That's rather interesting to me. Very interesting. Why is that, I wonder? Who's calling the shots? Who's telling them what to do and what not to do? And why aren't the so-called leaders of the Democrat Party trying to quell this in advance? Why aren't the media trying to quell this in advance? Ask yourselves. You know what people care about? Inflation, gas prices, food prices and availability, widespread crime, and border security. That's what people care about. And the government's responsible for all of it. All of it. Inflation, gas prices, food shortages, the rise in crime and the open border. And who's running the government? The same Democrats on the January 6th committee, the same Speaker of the House who appointed the Democrats on the January 6th committee, the same Joe Biden, comes to a red light stop or a stop sign stop and falls off his bike, Mr. Producer. That sort of defines his presidency, doesn't it? Falling off his bike? At least he was wearing a helmet. But this is the situation. Now, I have a piece here from Stanley Kurtz, who will be on the program soon. Bogus civics will push critical race theory on states. This is what Biden's focused on. This is why he cannot and is incapable of and will not address inflation. 
and gas prices in any serious way. They're thinking of suspending the 18 cents a gallon federal gas tax. Great. Just like taking fuel out of the emergency fuel program. That's not how you fix this. It's not going to change a damn thing. I'm not against it. I'm just saying it's not going to change a damn thing. But they're trying to destroy this country as fast as they possibly can. Kurt says the misleadingly named Civics Secures Democracy Act, just now reintroduced in Congress, will allow the Biden administration to push critical race theory on every public school in the country over a six-year period. If a $6 billion pot of competitive grant money will create a de facto national curriculum, just like Common Core, states desperate to tap into federal gravy train will have to tailor their civics and history grant proposals to the Biden administration's liking. And abundant evidence shows that Biden's education department is pushing CRT. So why are some Republican senators eager to help Biden spread CRT? I can't think of a quicker way to devastate Republican enthusiasm just before the midterms, he writes. Gee, I wonder which repubes. Murkowski, Collins, Romney, who else? Doesn't matter the federal law and bill itself disclaim the authority to formally impose a curriculum on states. The strings that Biden's bureaucrats will attach to these massive federal grants will suffice to lure states into adopting CRT. The left-leaning bureaucrats who staff education departments, even in red states, already favor critical race theory. Those bureaucrats will write the grant applications and divvy up the money. And Biden long ago signaled his intention to prioritize applications that promise critical race theory. This is his focus. Not on the border. Not on the dollar. Not on gasoline. If this bill passes this summer, as its sponsors hope, the Republican victory in the midterms will come too late to prevent the federal imposition of critical race theory. But what will happen when voters discover just months before the midterms that Republicans have betrayed them by using federal power to push CRT on the states? The Civic Secures Democracy Act, as it's called, is education madness and political suicide all wrapped up in one. Sadly, while this is largely a leftist back plan, we have Republican Senator John Cornyn to thank for giving it bipartisan political... Co- what is with this guy Cornyn? What is with this guy Cornyn? Last year, in an open letter to Cornyn and Representative Tom Cole, the Civics Alliance convened by the National Association of Scholars appealed to both legislators to abandon this law. When Corner responded with misleading and mistaken claims about the bill, I rebutted them. Yet now the leftist-dominated coalition backing the bill has added Republican Senators Bill Cassidy and James Inhofe as co-sponsors of the newly reintroduced bill. Unless America's parents wake up and make themselves heard right now, there's a very real chance that CRT could be the new Common Core by this summer. And what's with this guy Cassidy from Louisiana? Guy, is he a rat fink? And James Inhofe out the back door. Out the back door, he's retiring. The new version of the bill is the same in substance as the original. Although the language this time is stealthier. 
obvious references to action civics, that is mandatory and invariably leftist, political protests for course credit, have been removed. If there's enough coded language to allow Biden's grant readers to favor action civics anyway. In the ultimate stealth move, at every turn, the bill prioritized civics programs directed toward, quote, traditionally underserved students, unquote. This sounds like a benign instruction to direct federal civics and history funding to districts with limited monies of their own. Unfortunately, something more disturbing is meant. In the new leftist vision of history and civics, both of these school subjects must be radically reinvented in order to appeal to, quote, they're traditionally underserved, unquote. The Biden executive order directing his entire administration to push critical race theory is actually called, quote, advancing racial equity and support for underserved communities through the federal government, unquote. The idea is that recent immigrants and impoverished ethnic and racial minorities cannot embrace or excel at old-fashioned lessons on federalism, or checks and balances. To truly excite and empower the underserved, you must supposedly teach about systemic racism and recruit students in the Black Lives Matter-style protest for course credit. Now, if you read American Marxism, you'll know that this has been going on in colleges and universities now for at least three decades. For at least three decades. Now it's going to be in our public schools. Instead of motivating civic participation with a message such as, what a great country, wouldn't you like to get involved? The new leftist civics aims participation with a message such as to lure in underserved students with a new approach. Would you like to join the struggle against America's intrinsic racism and injustice? Fat federal grants will suffice to impose CRT and politicized action civics, quote-unquote, on the states. If the bill's coercive strategy goes further, the National Assessment of Educational Progress, often called the nation's report card, has long served as an effective national test of basic knowledge and skills. Yet for decades, it has intentionally avoided collecting data in civics and history that would allow for detailed comparisons between states. Doing so would allow Congress or the administration to tie federal aid to differential state performance on the test, which would allow the content of the test itself to force a de facto national curriculum on the states. The bill would change all that. The leftist civics community wants to align the test to its new vision of history and civics, then tie state grants to performance that would effectively override state and local control over standards and curriculum, handing the leftist civics community power to craft what amounts to a national curriculum. Again, if this law passes before the midterms, it won't matter if Republicans take Congress or not. Biden and his leftist education allies will have controlled the nation's curriculum for the remainder of his term or far longer. The bill would also funnel hundreds of millions of dollars to the overwhelmingly leftist nonprofits. Boy, these leftist nonprofits get a ton of your tax money. That push action civics, that's what it's called, action civics, and CRT on schools. And it would incentivize local school districts to work with them. On top of that, the same woke schools of education would churn out CRT-based curricula, would get their own pot of hundreds of millions of dollars to devise teacher training programs based on the new woke vision of history and civics. States and local school districts would then be pressed to work with these leftists 
education schools as a condition of their own grants. There's no more certain way to infuse CRT into the classroom. And that would be now and forever. The Civic Securities Democracy Act is the most pernicious federal education legislation I've ever seen, says Stanley Kurtz. He'll be on the program in 30 minutes. Now that it has been reintroduced with token, yet still noticeably increased Republican support, there's a very real danger that it could become law. And via the Civics Alliance, many prominent conservatives have already announced their opposition to the bill, including Mark Berlin, uh, Roger Kimball, Christopher Rufo, Eagle Forum, and so forth. Always quick on the update on cultural issues, former President Trump slammed the bill and its misguided Republican supporters in his Faith and Freedom Address last week. This is why you love Trump. Because he loves America. And he doesn't take any nonsense. This is why they hate him. So far, however, Republicans in Congress have been silent, as have Republican governors who stand to have their state's education systems effectively commandeered by a quiet alliance of leftist state and federal bureaucrats. It's Common Core 2.0, but this time with critical race theory, not fuzzy math, at stake. Let's hope more Republican office holders speak out against this in the coming days. Nothing could tear the party apart faster than federalizing critical race theory by culpable neglect. Supporters of the just reintroduced bill hope to sneak it by this summer, just before the August recess, while the public is occupied with the first post-pandemic vacation. And after a long nationwide rebellion against critical race theory, let's be sure not to drop the ball by allowing this noxious doctrine to take charge of our schools via the misnamed Civics Secures Democracy Act. That's the poison. It's called Civics Secures Democracy Act. John Cornyn supports it. Bill Cassidy supports it. Um, Let me remind myself who we're talking about here. But, you know, uh, Stanley will be here in a little bit. And he'll tell us the names of all Republicans who support it. You never would have believed this, would you? This is why your Constitution was set up the way it was. This is why there was never supposed to be a Department of Education, which is controlled by the NEA and the AFT. This is why education was supposed to be local. This is why parents need to be involved in their school boards. But at the national level, you're under attack at the national level, the state level, and the local level. This is a war on the public classroom to brainwash and control your children. This is why the Democrat Party needs to be thrown out, hook, line, and sinker, every last one of them. I'm talking to people in northern New Jersey. You got a guy, Goshheimer, who pretends to be a moderate. Folks, you got individuals in Virginia and Michigan who pretend to be moderate Democrats trying to distance themselves. You have to throw out every single one of these, every single one of them, and send a message, or the country's lost. I'll be right back. Mark Levin.
Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. The Democrats are destroying our schools. Let me tell you something. This ideology they're pushing is a violent ideology. So if we have a whole generation of children who turn on their country, who reject its founding who are angry over race. I predict there's going to be much more violence in this country, more riots, more degeneration of the civil society, which is exactly what the American Marxist wants. The Democrat Party is the home of the American Marxist. That's what it is. That's what it is. It is an alien organization in the American system. That's what it is. And it doesn't care if it has majority support or minority support. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The early so-called progressives, who name themselves, of course, have succeeded. I'll be back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 Anyway, uh, first hour spent part of the hour, as you know, talking about the effort by the Democrats and a handful of Republicans to destroy the minds in the classroom of your children. Now I want to tell you about their effort to destroy your home and your community. It's been renewed under Biden. Linda Killian, an American thinker, the war on America's suburbs has opened a new front. Buried in President Biden's proposed budget for 2023, and I mentioned this in passing last week, is a $10 billion bribe for suburban communities to remove zoning barriers to high-density housing. In other words, low-income housing. 
The federal government promises the suburbs funding for street improvements, traffic control, water and sewer lines if they adopt, quote, housing forward policies, unquote, that eliminate single family zoning and open their communities to, quote, affordable housing. In other words, eliminate single family home communities. This is no benign endeavor to provide more housing. It's a strong signal to Democrat-controlled states to gear up the decades-long efforts to bludgeon affluent communities into submitting to housing justice, quote-unquote, and providing their, quote, fair share, unquote. Now, we've discussed this at length, but it's back. The New York metro area has been ground zero for efforts to erode local zoning. If Democrats retain the governorship and supermajorities in both houses in Albany, the pressure will be on New York officials to enact legislation first to weaken local zoning, then to destroy it. Their new tools are accessory dwelling units, ADUs, which can be apartments or garages and standalone dwellings, large multifamily transit-oriented developments, and surrounding train stations and bus depots. Their efforts are being fueled by housing activists and progressive think tanks like the Brookings Institute, which declared in a January 2022 article, quote, by some measures, the suburban counties around New York City have some of the worst exclusionary zoning in the nation, unquote. To understand the hostility to suburbs, some background is useful. The initial strategy was to usurp local control through litigation brought by HUD, It had limited success because to eviscerate local control, HUD had approved racial discrimination, which by the 80s and 90s had been largely eradicated. So HUD tried other tactics. In 2009, HUD and a housing activist forced New York's Westchester County into a settlement to build 750 units of affordable housing, quote unquote, due to the county's sloppy reporting of its federal housing grants. Then HUD tried to use the settlement as a wedge to expand agreement and forced Westchester to sue individual municipalities to change their zoning. HUD's efforts failed due to its lack of statutory authority, due to New York's constitutional protection of local zoning, because then-County Executive Rob Astorino, now running in the Republican gubernatorial primary to challenge uh, Hockle, fought to protect the municipalities. But the Housing Justice activists never give up. In early 2022, Governor Hockle, Hock, Hock, who stepped into her role on Andrew Cuomo's departure, tried to sneak into her executive budget mandated this dense housing, both of which would override local zoning. In the case of ADUs, municipalities would be prevented from using setback or parking requirements. Boy, oh boy, that definitely is low-income housing. In the case of TODs, local zoning would be eviscerated and replaced with state control. Strong objections were voiced by the state's association of towns and this, that, and the other. There are a number of bills pending in New York's legislature that would promote this. The rest of the nation in the 2023 budget is a $10 billion bribe for all suburban communities to remove zoning barriers to low-income and dense housing. Do you know the bureaucrats? 
in your county, in your town? Because they're the ones going to be making decisions on what you can do. The education bureaucrats are going to be making decisions on what your kids learn. And they're getting billions from the radicals in the federal government to teach them all kinds of bad things. And they're also going to get billions in the bureaucracy in your municipalities and towns all over the country to eliminate single-family housing because it is apparently, by very definition, racist. Even though the suburbs are more integrated than ever before. This is a power grab by the American Marxists and the Democrats working together, one and the same. You know, they've had success in the suburbs past couple elections. Success. But now they're trying to destroy the suburbs. Why are they trying to destroy the suburbs? So the Democrat Party can control them. Have you noticed the most destitute areas of the country, not in every case, but most, are run by Democrats? You notice they keep getting reelected from these destitute areas? Have you noticed the most crime-ridden areas in the country are run by Democrats? And in most cases, they keep getting reelected. So the Democrats have come to the realization that if there's success, if there's wealth, if there's satisfaction, if there's a low crime rate, that's based on racism. And those areas must be destroyed. And the policies that destroy the inner cities must be now used to destroy the suburbs. And that's how they gain permanent power. Just like with nationalizing the voting system. This is a vile, vicious, anti-American institution, the Democrat Party. It's what it is. So I just want you people to know when you go to vote, inflation, food shortages, Food prices at through the roof. Crime leading with murder through the roof. Open borders. Mayhem. But there's more to come. Sports. Transgender athletes. Playing in women's sports. Destroying women's sports. That's not even... And untouchable. Your schools. They intend to permanently change them in the next three months. Two and a half months to be precise. And if you live in the suburbs, your communities. They intend to permanently change those too. Talking about race. Talking about changing your communities. A housing situation. What's wrong with single-family homes? And why is the government involved? And why do we care what the leftists think? But they have power now. This is what I mean. We live in a post-constitutional period. The Constitution has been breached. Its firewalls have been breached. And this is what you get. All this mayhem, all this chaos... One area after another. The radicals that are embedded in one bureaucracy after another. The war on energy. The war on agriculture. The war on pharmaceuticals. 
They're at war with every segment of the private sector. They're at war with any American who wants to live free, regardless of race. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest. I was nervous at first, thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand. The 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast and save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Stanley Kurtz is really a very, very important person in this society. He draws a lot of attention to things that people aren't paying attention to that have an enormous impact. As he's done in the uh, bogus civics bill, we'll push CRT on state. Stanley Kurtz, how are you, sir? I'm great, Mark. Thanks so much for having me. Well, lay out what's going on, and we want to know who the Republicans are that are giving this cover. Absolutely, Mark. We now have a federal bill that would actually impose critical race theory on every public school in the country. Uh, We're talking about $6 billion over a period of six years, and these fat federal grants would attract the states uh, to promise to the Biden administration that uh, they will teach critical race theory and politicized uh, versions of civics if only they'll get that money. This is how we got Common Core. Mark, Obama passed um, many millions of dollars in grants, and the leftist bureaucrats in the states signed up and promised to do Common Core. It was a kind of end run around school boards, state legislatures, and that's what the Democrats want to happen here. And sadly, as you point out, they are being helped by Republicans, chiefly John Cornyn, uh, who's been a big ally of Chris Coons and the Democrats pushing this bill. Now, Cornyn has been uh, joined by Bill Cassidy of Louisiana and sadly by James Inhofe of Oklahoma, who ought to know better. Uh, but this is a stealth bill. It uses all sorts of coded phrases that every leftist educator understands means CRT and Uh, political protests instead of real civics. But Republicans hear the word civics, and they get a warm, fuzzy feeling, and they think, well, this is great. It must be about federalism and the three branches of government. And they sign on without really understanding that we're actually talking about CRT. What are the chances of this passing if, uh, if the people listening in this audience don't act immediately? I'm worried about it uh, because the Democrats, of course, are going to go for it completely. They've already signed up three Republicans. I've seen a fourth Republican on a somewhat related bill. It's getting a lot too close for comfort. They want to pass this bill. It's called the Civics Secures Democracy Act. Uh, 
a very misleading name. It ought to be called Critical Race Theory Destroys Democracy, but it's mm-hmm. called the Civic Secures Democracy Act, and they want to pass it before the August recess because we're talking about many, many hundreds of millions of dollars that would go into the coffers of the leftist uh, civics groups uh, pushing their political protests. And this is their last chance to get that money before Congress is taken over by the Republicans. So they're hoping to sneak it by this summer, and they've already signed up almost enough Republicans to break a filibuster. So uh, I'm worried. Well, why aren't the Republicans speaking out against this? Do they not know what's taking place? I think some, uh, many Republicans do. Frankly, to be honest, I think that they don't want to uh, take a swipe at Cornyn. Uh, I think Cornyn has been in leadership, and I think he aspires to succeed uh, Mitch McConnell. This is my speculation, but it's informed speculation. And I think Republican senators... Uh, have bottled up the bill up to now, uh, but Cornyn's making another big push. He's roped in a few other people, and I don't know whether they can stop him, but I don't think they like the internal fighting amongst themselves. So now that there are three Republican senators on this, I worry that the others won't be willing to speak up. Well, they damn well better speak up soon. Now that you've written about this, I'm sure as hell not going to let this go. I mean, the idea that we are going to contribute to the nationalization of critical race theory in every aspect of public education. And not only that, the activism requirement, which is what they've been doing in colleges and universities. I even write about that in American Marxism. It comes right out of these Marxist professors, by the way, where you get extra credit for doing these various protests and so forth. We're turning this entire generation into a bunch of radical left-wing revolutionaries. We're breaking down the family with the transgender uh, movement being pushed into our schools and all kinds of things. I mean, hasn't this, I understand this had a start a long time ago, but Stanley, we're really reaching a hyper speed on this stuff now, aren't we? We are, Mark. You're exactly right. And I'm glad you bring up the point about the college professors and what they now call action civics. I call it protest civics a little bit more accurate. You could you could call it American Marxism civics because the truth is, and there have actually been studies on this, the, de- the uh, supposedly voluntary demonstrations somehow, by a tremendous coincidence, always turn out being on the far left. And so this has filtered down now from the college professors to the high school level, and there is a big push by the education left to uh, entrench this in the K-12 system, and you know about it, you've heard about this, but so many um, conservatives and Republicans have not, and that's why they sign up to these things without understanding what's going on. You have to really study the left to understand what, what they're planning, and so many conservatives just don't. But I don't give a pass to senators who are putting their name behind it, especially Cornyn. Um, he used to take responsibility for what he's doing. Yes, and he's been more, he has no excuse. If he ever did have an excuse, he doesn't now, because he has been warned, not, not only by things that I've written in the past, but that a number of other conservatives in a group called the Civics Alliance have issued public letters to Cornyn, explaining to him what's going on, asking him to back off. Nope, he's doubled down, so he is fully responsible for this. Doubles down. Is he doubled down because he's stubborn? I, I see that uh, he was uh, not well received at a major Republican event in Texas 
on the gun control issue. And uh, later on, he was just uh, heard saying, uh, I have, you know, dealt with mobs before and I never been to mobs. How is it a mob when Republicans are booing your position? How is it a mob when conservatives are concerned that you are a co-sponsor putting your name on a bill that will destroy their classrooms? Well, that's it. Cornyn has formed a partnership, especially with Chris Coons. I think he's working with Coons. I could be wrong, but I think it's Coons he's working with on the gun bill as well. But he's certainly working with Coons on this civics legislation. And I think Cornyn is holding himself out for perhaps consideration for future Republican leadership position on the strength of his bipartisanship. When uh, I think this is a moment when we need to fight to push back and take back the culture so Cornyn, uh, I think, is wrong, but he has his strategy, which is the bipartisan strategy. But ultimately, it is McConnell, is it not? I mean, Cornyn can't push things through without McConnell's wink and a nod. Well, that's right. And McConnell has been pretty good on this issue when Biden issued um, criteria for uh, grants on civics and history and singled out Ibram X. Kendi, the big critical race theorist, and the 1619 Project, McConnell pushed back on that, and he got a letter signed by not all, but a good part of the Republican caucus. So even though McConnell uh, turned the gun issue over to Cornyn, McConnell has been strong, and he understands what an important issue this is for the midterms and beyond for Republicans. It rightly distinguishes the parties. It would be political suicide for Republicans to help to push critical race theory on the whole country after two years of furious pushback by, uh, you know, conservatives against critical race theory. So I, I hope McConnell has good sense on this. I mean, it's obviously horrendous as a policy, but as politics, do they not see what happened all over the country, including in Virginia? Stanley Kurtz, we're going to have you back. Keep at it, my man. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Mark. Boy, you heard it right from the horse's mouth. We'll be right back. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest, I was nervous at first thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand. The 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code LEVIN PODCAST. That's L-E-V-I-N PODCAST and save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. When Mark Levin speaks, the backbenchers take notes. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Where are we going with this economy, folks? Well, let's think about this. Let's work it through. That's the way I do things. Let's work things through rationally. We look at inflation. Biden basically says there's nothing he can do about it. If you're going to blame Putin or you're going to blame 
the oil companies? Are you going to blame the Republicans for not passing your five and a half, six trillion dollar bill? He's not going to do anything effective. Even if he could, he won't do it. The man is a street hack politician, first and foremost. That's all he cares about. So inflation is going to get worse. I could be wrong, but I predict it will hit double digits. That's number one. On the fiscal side, Biden has introduced, he hasn't pulled it back. He's introduced the biggest spending bill in mankind's history. And you might say, well, what does that mean? It's a massive increase over the prior year. So he's not going to cut back even on the increases that he's proposing. So when it comes to the fiscal side, the fiscal side continues to be akin to Hunter Biden hooked on crack, except this time it's his father hooked on spending like a drunken Marxist. As I've said before, Reagan took the opposite tax, slash taxes, Attempted to slash spending, but held back as much as he could on the spending. Given that Congress never stops, and that so much of the budget now is automatic. But he did those things so the people wouldn't suffer. And so on the fiscal side, there would be growth. Maybe not as much as he wanted. While interest rates are going up. So there'd still be liquidity in the system. In the private sector. Less for the government sector. And as a result of that, with Volcker at the helm, interest rates came down and the GDP went through the roof. We actually had a quarter where it was almost 8%. And that economic growth and the growth in employment was so massive, it went through the George. H.W. Bush presidency right into the Clinton presidency, for which Clinton, of course, took credit. But it was massive. Massive. The economy grew 25% in eight years under Reagan. 25%. Last quarter, the economy shrank. And this... I should say the quarter before last, we'll be getting a report on the last quarter soon enough. The regulations, number three, are smothering the private sector. He will not lift the regulations. He's expanding them. Now, they lie about it, the leases and all the rest, but he's expanding regulations. In other words, he is not pulling back from his destructive radical left agenda. So the country is going to become poor. Many of you are going to become poor. Many of you are going to have difficulties you never anticipated, which is understandable. You live in America. I took one of my visits to the local supermarket, and I was looking at the shelves. I'd read that there is a peanut butter shortage. Have you heard that, Mr. Producer? And there was. 
there were a handful of jars of peanut butter left at my local supermarket. A handful. Plus more notices. This is a big chain about the supply chain issues. Again, in the toilet paper area, in the paper towel area, in the detergent area. I said to the pharmacist, or the assistant pharmacist, having any issues? She said, with certain drugs, certain drugs are tough to get. Imagine when that really kicks in. I walked through the baby aisle with the baby food and all. The shelves for the baby formula, there was no baby formula. How the hell does a mother handle this? And there were spotty absences of other foods. Just spotty. Now that's not due to capitalism. That's due to government. When government thinks it can run the economy. And inflation is the gravest of all threats. Because you don't know how exactly it's going to go. That's why this host and you in the audience, we talked about this early last year and warned about it. But nobody cared. They were bored. They didn't want to talk. Talking about spending and budgets very, very boring. Well, not to me. And now you know why. Now you know why. When the Democrats put out their promises out there about how they're going to make things fairer and more equal or now equitable, how they're going to grow the economy from the bottom up and the inside out or whatever the hell the idiot says, how people are going to pay their fair share and how they want to create more programs and redistribute wealth and all the rest of it. They're trying to redesign and manage the economic system. Now, when you watch these Democrats, are they capable of redesigning and managing the economic system? Are they capable of redesigning or managing a 7-Eleven? Which is no easy task. Are they capable of running the fryer machine at the McDonald's without burning the fries? Or burning themselves with the hot oil? Where do they get the knowledge to run an entire economy? But this has always been the rub. The rub between conservatives slash libertarians who understand that a market system is the only way to run an efficient, prosperous economy because you're the experts. You're the expert on what you do. Not a GS-12 in some department in Washington, D.C. You're the expert. You're the expert, not some politician who is moved to act by politics, self-aggrandizement, and his or her own empowerment. That stuff doesn't cross your mind. You're trying to do your job and reach your objectives and reach your goals. We don't have government entrepreneurs. We have private sector entrepreneurs. They're always regulating us. Notice we can never regulate them. They're always deciding how to tax us. Notice we can't tax them. 
They have something the private sector doesn't have. The power to make laws. The power to punish. The power to fine. And they have the power to use that to advance their ideology. And that's exactly what's going on. There's not a, I won't even say business, there's not an economic activity in this country that's not heavily regulated and taxed, usually by more than one level of government. There's not one. One. None. Whether it's small or large. The government's always your partner. Always your partner, particularly if you're successful. The government wants from you, takes from you. It empowers the government. There's no end to it. But then when something goes wrong because of them, war on our energy industry, the insanity of that in the name of climate change and clean air, and we're transitioning. Transitioning to what? I keep saying this. Those of you who are driving your vehicles right now, what are they transitioning us to? When you fill up your, gas, your car with gasoline, don't give me electric power. We talked about lithium batteries and how they, uh, they, the production of them is more dangerous to the economy and to the environment. And where's all this electricity coming from? These same people have destroyed the nuclear industry. They've just all but destroyed the coal industry. Now Europe's turning back to coal. There is no solar industry. There is no wind industry for all intents and purposes. The technology comes over time. And we don't even know what technology holds 50 years from now. But we do know this. Bernie Sanders doesn't know. Joe Biden doesn't know. So they put the brakes on our economic system. They hollow out our economic system. They destroy the incentive. The incentive for investing in expanding power plants. For building more nuclear power plants. They destroy the incentive. And then they say, uh, what's the problem? Must be big oil. No, it's them. And they come up with phony. They come up with phony things. Take a little bit off your gasoline tax, you know. Take some out of the petroleum reserve, the oil reserve fund emergency. And that'll fix it. Or that won't fix anything. Well, it must be Putin. That's no, not Putin, it's you. The politicians. We can't just have a red wave. We have to have a red tsunami. A tsunami. Any Democrat running that claims to be bipartisan must be defeated because they've all voted for Pelosi to be their leader. They've all voted for Schumer to be their leader. And those people control the legislation the spending, the classrooms, and all the rest. You must defeat them. Defeat them. Regardless of when they come back and lie to you, regardless of how many coffee clutches they have, regardless if they shake your hand, you can smile, and you go into that booth, and you vote against them. 
I want to say one thing to the state of Alabama. Put aside all the endorsements. There is one conservative running in the Republican primary now and tomorrow. One. The only proven conservative, Mo Brooks. The fact that Donald Trump has decided to endorse his opponent, for a variety of reasons I take it, I've not discussed it, doesn't change my support for Mo Brooks one iota. I love Donald Trump. I disagree with him. I disagree with him here. We need conservatives in the United States Senate. If we can't get a conservative Alabama, we're in big trouble. That's a truth. There is a piece in Alabama today. Here's who funded some of those pro-Katie Britt ads. Katie Britt is receiving millions and millions of dollars from out of state, from front groups that pretend to be Christian groups. Tons of dark money from political action committees. Much of it, much of it being pushed out of Washington, D.C., and specifically by Mitch McConnell. And I just pray the people of Alabama are not fooled by this. Are not fooled by this. They, Texas PAC, one is called, posing as an Alabama Christian organization. Together with other groups, got almost $15 million to PAC supporting Katie Britt. $15 million. They try and... Well, what, look, at, look at the sin that they commit here. A Texas PAC. It's called Texas PAC. Posing as an Alabama Christian group. It's according to records at the FEC. Who is this group? Alabama conservative Christians. Who are they really? Jimmy Rain of Alabama, $3 million into this campaign. Richard Shelby's raised $5.5 million. Francisco Calazzo, Alabama, $4 million. Mark Rowan of New York, 50000 Warren Stevens of Arkansas, 100000 Mitch McConnell's organized $2 million to put into this race. What does he know about Brit that we don't know? And they've created this shell game. Alabama Christian Conservatives Pack. The Defend America Pack. The Alabama Rhino Pack. The Alabama... What is it? What is it here? Future Pack. All the same rhinos, Washington, D.C. operatives, operatives throughout the country who do not want Mo Brooks in the Senate. Alabama. We need Mo Brooks. I know. He's the underdog, but if you elect him, that'll send a tidal wave of, of attention. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest. I was nervous at first, thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand. 
The 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast and save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Why does the Mo Brooks race matter? Because at what point do we say we're tired of the billionaires and millionaires in the Washington elite, whether they're Democrats or Republicans, buying these Senate seats? We are sick and tired of it. Alabama's in a position to stand up to this. But everybody in Alabama doesn't hear me. Everybody in Alabama doesn't know me. So I hope the citizens in Alabama, one will talk to the next. Donald Trump isn't on the ballot. A woman is on the ballot who was bought and paid for by Mitch McConnell, whose supporters set up phony so-called Christian organizations to send you mailers. I mean, how much more are we going to put up with this, folks? I'll be right back. You'd never knowingly feed your dog food that's bad for their health, but many commercial dog foods are full of fillers and harmful additives. Dr. Marty Goldstein, a veterinarian for more than 45 years, has seen that poor ingredients lead to bad digestion, skin problems, and other critical issues. That's why he created his Nature's Blend Premium Freeze-Dried Raw Food. It's packed with real cuts of meat and superfood seeds, veggies, and fruit. Folks, my dog's name is Marty. So, of course, we're going to listen to Dr. Marty. And we tried the food. My Marty loves, loves, loves it. He loves Nature's Blend Premium Raw Dog Food. And I love that Nature's Blend is freeze-dried and pantry safe. So, for a limited time, save 50% off your first order. Go to drmartypets.com slash Levin. Or text Levin to 511-511. They offer a 100% 90-day return of your purchase price. That's L-E-V-I-N to 511-511. Text LEVIN to 511-511 and save 50% on your first order today. Text fees may apply. You may receive up to one additional text. Text STOP to opt out. And also, don't forget, DrMartyPets.com slash LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. President Trump spoke on Saturday, Memphis, Tennessee, American Freedom Tour. He called for something that, of course, is so quaint and traditional. Cut 21, go. We must pass critical election integrity reforms, including universal voter ID, 
citizenship confirmation, no more fake drop boxes that can't be policed, no private money pouring into local election offices, and ultimately we want same-day voting, one day, and only paper ballots. So radical. Wow. That got a bigger hand than transgender, Cindy. I hope you're watching. That's bigger than transgender. Hey, in France, what do they have, like 38 million people? France, a country, they just voted same day, paper ballots, voter ID. They had no problem. Same day. You know these things where you vote 38 days in advance and they have it voting before, after, forget the legislatures, they don't even ask the legislatures anymore. It's so corrupt. But then they say the ballots are being stored. What do you think is happening to those ballots that are being stored? We have security standing. Well, where the hell is security today? Well, he didn't show up. He's sick. And you see what's going on. It's a, it's a disgrace what's happened. And this is what's happened to our country. But first, we need a landslide so big that they cannot rig it or steal it. Now, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. In Europe, a number of countries, advanced industrialized countries, as they're called, they experimented with a number of these things, drop boxes, absentee ballots, all that stuff. And the vast majority of them abandoned it because they did not think that they could properly police the votes. They did not think they could properly police the votes. See, the way it works now is you have a drop box and everything, and you have to catch people. So the burden's on you to make sure the vote is accurate. Rather than in advance making sure the vote is accurate, the burden is on you to try and find out if it's not. Now, that is ridiculous. In many cases, it's called proving a negative. And even if you bring information, whether it's videos, whether it's GPS, whatever it is, or even the constitutional issues, you're dismissed. That's why it's more important than ever that the system be fixed. Why is it the Democrats haven't made a single proposal that would help secure ballots? Not one. Why is that? Why is it that Europe dropped so much of this experimentation decades ago? Why is that? Cut 22, Donald Trump, go. Under our leadership, the border was secure, our communities were safe, our country was strong, and the world was calm, despite the fact that every day I had a new witch hunt started against me. And America was respected like it was never respected before we were respected as a country. But in just 17 months, Joe Biden and the radical left have turned calm into chaos, prosperity into poverty, and security into a total catastrophe. The election was a horrible thing that took place. A horrible, horrible thing. You see it. Everybody sees it. It's out there. It's out there to look at. And we can never let this happen again. And we have to continue to look. We have so much proof. You ever see where they say the big lie? That was no lie. The big lie was what they were doing. That was the big lie. All right. When we return, Mo Brooks 
will be our guest. We'll be right back. Lovin. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read the secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. So you need to read The War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Mo Brooks's opponent, her name is Britt, I don't remember her first name. She accuses Mo Brooks of being a career politician. Now, she never mentioned she was chief of staff to Shelby, unless, of course, that works to her benefit. But nobody's a bigger career politician than Mitch McConnell. Now, why would Mitch McConnell be pouring millions and millions of dollars directly and through other groups into this campaign in Alabama to defeat Mo Brooks and elect Britt? The Republican nominee is going to be the senator in this state. That's not an issue because Alabama is smart. The question is, why all this dark money? We now have front groups out of Texas, front groups out of Texas, who set up a group called Alabama Conservative Christians, spending millions. This group, in fact, got most of its money, a lot of it anyway, from a Texas pack posing as Alabama Christian organization. Together, they gave almost $15 million in other PACs supporting Katie Britt to run smear ads against Mo Brooks and to build her up as some kind of a conservative. Richard Shelby, $5.5 million associated with his efforts. Mitch McConnell, over $2 million associated with his efforts. Money coming out of New York. Money coming out of Arkansas. Massive amounts of money. What is Alabama Christian Conservative PAC? It's a phony PAC, in my view. Defend America PAC. Sponsored by Richard Shelby. $5.5 million transferred to Defend America PAC. $3 million transferred in from Alabama's Future PAC. $2 million from Francisco Calazzo, according to this, this article. Chairman and founder of Colsa, a Huntsville-based engineering and service support company. That's an awful lot. Alabama Rhino Pack, FEC records show Alabama Christian Conservatives Pack accounted for 99.9% of all the money in the Alabama Rhinos Pack bank account, you know, to do hits on, uh, on uh, Mo. Both Alabama Christian Conservatives Pack and Alabama Rhino Pack, according to this piece, are both registered to the same residential address in Austin, Texas to a political consultant and lobbyist who once worked for the National Republican Congressional Committee. 
Now back to Alabama's future PAC, transferred $9 million to Alabama Christian Conservatives PAC. Who are they? FEC records show, according to this article, Alabama's future is a rented post-net mailbox next to a Winn-Dixie in Rainbow City, Alabama. $7.1 million, that's how much money the Alabama Futures Pack has collected since it was founded. All kinds of corporatists and so forth, $2 million were transferred from the Senate Leadership Fund Pack. That's the fund affiliated with Mitch McConnell. With Mitch McConnell. $3.6 million was spent opposing Mo Brooks. $3 million transferred to this so-called Christian pact that's not Christian. So you can see the game is to move the money around, to hide its sources, to create these conservative-sounding front group packs, to confuse the voters in Alabama. Well, who would do that? Is Mo Brooks doing that? No, he's the, he's the outsider going against the establishment. Britt has spent millions and millions and millions of dollars trying to convince the people in Alabama, and I'm tired of this. This happens all over the country. No doubt with Mitch McConnell's not only consent, but know-how to try and win this race because he knows Katie Britt will vote for him for majority leader. That's all McConnell cares about. And Mo Brooks has announced that he will not support McConnell for majority leader. I hope you're listening nationwide, and I hope you're listening in Alabama. Mo Brooks, welcome to the program. The in-person vote starts tomorrow. How do you see this now? Cautiously optimistic. If Republicans and conservatives will vote in mass, we will win in a big way. But if Democrats, liberals, rhinos, establishment wing, special interest types vote, uh, then the other side will win in a big way. So it all comes down to turnout tomorrow. Conservatives versus liberals. Do you have an open primary system there? We do. Mm-mm-mm. So you, you, you actually have the possibility that liberal Democrats, because your opponent was supported effectively by the executive director of the Democrat Party in the state of Alabama, wasn't she? Uh, she was endorsed by the Alabama Democratic Party's executive director, amongst a number of other notable Democrats in the state of Alabama. Basically, Katie Britt is the Democrat nominee in the Republican primary. Why do you why why uh, why are they? You think they're going to be able to pull this off, Mo? Possibly, it's going to all be dependent on who shows up at the polls. If the conservatives and Republicans show up, then we'll win, no matter what the other side does. My concern is getting them out. This is. In effect, a special election. It's a runoff, but we're the only significant uh, statewide race, and there are very other, uh, very few other uh, races of any magnitude anywhere in the state of Alabama. We've got one congressional Republican primary, six others, no Republican runoff. Uh, to, period. Uh, then you've got a few legislative races that have runoffs, but not many on the Republican side, and a small smattering of local uh, Republican primaries for maybe sheriff or county commissioner or something like that. So it's going to be an extremely low turnout. Estimates by the Secretary of State are in the neighborhood of 10 to 15%. And if it's that low, then every vote counts that much more. Is the Republican Party of Alabama taking sides? No, uh, they, don't, uh, they haven't shown the strength uh, to do that. However, 
I will add that the three of the most recent Alabama Republican Party chairmen have all endorsed uh, Mo Brooks for Senate. Um, one of them, uh, Terry Lathan, another one, uh, Bill Armistead, and then another one by the name of Marty Connors. So there aren't any Alabama Republican Party chairmen who have endorsed my opponent, and we're three for three on our side of the ledger. She really has done nothing for the conservative movement. She's done nothing to deserve endorsements. You've been endorsed by Ted Cruz. You've been endorsed by Rand Paul. You've been endorsed by Jim Jordan. You've been endorsed by Sean Hannity. You've been endorsed by me, Mark Levin. We've been in the conservative movement a long, long time. I have uh, some roots in the state of Alabama, as a matter of fact. And um, it, it's just shocking to me how this big money can come into a state like this. What is it like to watch the reversal of roles that they try and portray Brit as a conservative and you as some kind of a a uh, a, a rhino. That's got to be very painful because they have enormous amount of money on TV. It is very painful and it's very frustrating to be up against the most brazenly dishonest candidate and campaign I have seen in my lifetime. And I've been active in politics either as a candidate or a campaign manager or whatnot for about four decades now, and I've never seen anything like this. My strengths, they attack by accusing me of being the exact opposite of what I am. I probably have voted against more tax increases than any other Republican in Alabama history. So Katie Britt's running ads saying that I support tax increases. Those ads have zero uh, factual support for them, but that doesn't stop them from doing it. Katie Britt runs ads saying that I support the Islamic State and uh, al-Qaeda and I oppose our military. That's just nuts. I've got thirty to 40,000 defense jobs in my district. I never would have been elected one time to public office, much less 14, if I supported al-Qaeda, the Islamic State, or opposed our military. But that doesn't stop Katie Britt from running those kind of ads. On border security, she says I'm weak on border security, yet I have an A-plus grade from Numbers USA, which is the only entity I know that evaluates our records as congressman, that's for border security, A-plus grade every single year I've been in the United States Congress. So they turn black into white and white into black, the exact opposite of my record, as they lie freely in their support of Katie Britt. Quite frankly, it's a profit motive. These special interests that are behind Katie Britt, they want someone who puts special interests first, not America first, and I'm renowned for being an American first candidate. Sam McConnell, who despises you because he knows you'll vote against him as leader and he can't control you. You have the corporatists in your state and in Washington, D.C., and their lobbyists and their operators who want nothing to do with you because they're familiar with you. You call them as you see them. And you have the rest of the media, which, of course, detest you because you have stood firmly on virtually every issue I can think of, uh, if not led the charge on many of these issues. And so you had this iron triangle. And, I, and my concern is, and I'm telling the country this, but especially Alabamans, we are not going to be able to win against critical race theory, this uh, sexualizing our children, the phony climate change degrowth movement that's destroying our economy, the war on our energy industries, the war on the private sector, gasoline prices, inflation prices, you send another 
paper cutter rhino to Washington, D.C. We've got to have conservatives like Cruz. We've got to have conservatives like Jim Jordan. And that would be you, wouldn't it, Mo? That's the group I fit in with. I'm one of the originals of the House Freedom Caucus. Those are the conservatives that are principled and actually fight for the things that we said we would do if we got elected to the United States Congress, as opposed to so many people who are a little more than wallpaper on a wall. Mm-hmm. Now, th- now, this uh, Katie Britt, um, how often have you, was she uh, willing to debate you? Zero. Not once. Not once, and the reason is she cannot defend the dishonesty of her campaign. She knows that her consultants know it, so they will not participate in a debate. So she wouldn't debate you at all? That is correct. Oh, fantastic. Mo Brooks, can you hold on for the next uh, segment, please? Happy to. We will be back with Mo Brooks, and we're hoping he's the next senator from the state of Alabama. I'll be right back. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals, and listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. Ladies and gentlemen, every one of these elections are important to the nation. We're going to take the Senate. We need to take it with conservatives. How many times do we win these elections, whether it's Tea Party or beyond? And we say, what happened? They keep telling us they're going to help us, and they don't. Well, this is what happens. They spend tens of millions of dollars, money coming out of Washington, money coming out of billionaires and millionaires through these front groups with names that sound conservative. They get endorsements, they get elected, and then they go to Washington and you never hear from them again. What happened? That's the case with Katie Britt. Goodness gracious, if she wins, you're going to have another Susan Collins. You're going to have another Lisa Murkowski. You're going to have another senator like that coming out of the Deep South. I mean, if you want to elect a conservative, is there really anyone better than Mo Brooks? Isn't this the problem, Mo, that we have a national Republican establishment interfering in a state election in Alabama to try to pick their senator for Washington, D.C.? Isn't that really what's going on here? That's a very big part of it. But I would emphasize that our Republican leadership in the House and in the Senate is controlled by special interests. 
and that our leadership basically are puppets on a string. So it's the special interests that govern Washington, D.C., and that is why the public is so often left off the train. Mm -hmm. And that is why they're pouring millions and millions into this race to defeat you in, in a state that really is not used to seeing this kind of money spread around, is it? Oh, this is far and away the most money that's ever been spent in any kind of Senate race in Alabama history. Mm -hmm. And how's your fundraising? Obviously, you can't keep up with these uh, billionaires and millionaires and corporatists. We're struggling. Uh, MoBrooks.com, if anyone wants to help, MoBrooks.com. Uh, we're probably being outspent. Of course, we don't have the final numbers in for us or the opposition. But we're probably being outspent about three to one, maybe four to one, somewhere in that ballpark. We'll know once the final numbers are in. Uh, and I do want to emphasize something. When I talk about Katie Britt's organization being blatantly dishonest, it wasn't just me in January, February, and March, but it was also Mike Durant, Black Hawk Down pilot, American hero. Uh, Katie Britt savaged his reputation when he was in first, pushing him down to third in the polls. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I was able to rebound 20 points um, from March uh, to the runoff and made the runoff. Now they're pounding me. That's her so, motive. So they smeared, they smeared a war hero. That is correct. He, Mike uh, Durant, referred to her as being corrupt. That's Mike Durant's word, not mine. Um, I call her brazenly dishonest. But they have so much money that they believe they can get away with it. That's why I use the word brazenly. They're bold about it. They're not hiding their dishonesty. It's, it's much like Goebbels. Um, in the 1930s, the more you tell the big liars, unions got my record. I'm a conservative by their standard. Heritage Action has my record. I'm a conservative by their standard. American Conservative Union says I'm the most conservative of anyone from the Alabama delegation in Washington, D.C. Yet Katie Britt just does the exact opposite, just flat out dishonesty. I've never seen anything like it before. It's really appalling. And let's hope she's not rewarded from it. She's not the only one, but she's done a hell of a job. They really want this seat. Mitch McConnell really wants his power. Your opinion of Mitch McConnell? Under no circumstances will I ever vote for him for the Republican leader for a number of reasons, uh, no particular order. Number one, his unfavorable ratings in the aggregate of polls, according to Real Clear Politics, is generally in the 55 to 60 percent range. We don't need, as our spokesman, someone who is rejected by a significant majority of the voters that we're trying to appeal to when we take the policy positions that we take. We can do better than that. Number two, if you read uh, Schweitzer's uh, red-handed book, where uh, it brings out that Mitch McConnell was given as a gift five to $25 million by his father-in-law and or sister-in-law, both of whom have made their fortunes catering to the needs and wishes and whims of the Communist Chinese Party. That is an ethical conflict of interest of a major proportion, particularly when Communist China is doing so many different things where they're taking advantage of our economy, they're pushing our military around in the South China Sea. They're threatening Japan with a nuclear strike. Um, all of these things are bad. and You can't have someone who's making millions of dollars, according to his own disclosures, 
indirectly or directly from communist Chinese interests. And then the third thing is his governance model. I believe that we ought to do what's in the best interest of America and what's in the best interest of Joe and Jane citizen. That is not what Mitch McConnell does. He does what's in the best interest of special interest groups, which in turn finance his uh, political uh, machine. I believe the best way to get elected is by doing the right thing, and then the public will elect you. Uh, unfortunately, Mitch McConnell believes that the best way to get elected is to do what the special interest groups want and then use their money to pound into submission any opposition, which is exactly the strategy that Mitch McConnell and Katie Britt and the establishment rhinos are using in this Senate race in Alabama. Mm-hmm. What are the big issues in Alabama? I assume inflation, gas prices, and so forth and so on. You have a very big working class in Alabama, right? It is, and inflation is certainly huge. Uh, Ukraine is big. Uh, border security is huge. Voter fraud is huge. Moral values is huge. Uh, Roe v. Wade is very big. Uh, Second Amendment right to bear arms is very big. You know, I could use huge or very big interchangeably. But all these all these major issues, the groups that have evaluated my record versus Katie Britt's record have all endorsed mine and endorsed Mo Brooks for the United States Senate. So if it was a level playing field, we ought to win this thing hands down. But the real challenge is the millions upon millions, tens of millions of dollars that is coming in from people who want a special advantage from the federal government rather than wishing that America would do well, which in turn means that they have the better chance of doing well. That's my philosophy of government. It's a Ronald Reagan approach, a rising tide lifts all boats. Unfortunately, special interests want their boats lifted while everybody else is stranded. That's not the way to go. This is like Reagan versus Jerry Ford, isn't it? She's more the Jerry Ford, you're the Reagan. This, and, and they're trying to paint her as the Reagan, and they're hoping all this money will do it, right? Exactly. She is not what she pretends to be. I can spot a rhino a mile away, and that's because I've had to work with them. And you know their language, you know their antics, and Katie Britt is rhino through and through. If you like a $30 trillion debt, which is what America is burdened with, then I can promise you it's going to get much bigger if Katie Britt is in the United States Senate, because she's going to be pushing it just like Richard Shelby did. And in my judgment, at least, Richard Shelby, who has basically in his last will and testament bequeathed what he calls his Senate seat, to Katie Britt, Richard Shelby, in my judgment, has done more to give us a $30 trillion debt than anybody else in American history. He's been in Congress since the 1970s. He's been a Senate appropriator since the early 1990s. That means he's been one of the ones orchestrating this spending to varying degrees, including as chairman of the Appropriations Committee of the United States Senate. We cannot continue to have that kind of attitude in Washington, D.C., if we hope to avoid a national insolvency and bankruptcy, which will do the worst to America that anything has been done with the possible exception of the Civil War. You know, Mo Brooks, I don't think anybody ever heard of Katie Britt before all this money was spent outside of Alabama and almost nobody inside of Alabama. Is that about right? That is spot on. No experience whatsoever in elected office. Never been elected so much as a dog catcher, which means that with her, it's a crapshoot. It's a roll of the dice. It's a gamble. 
And I would submit that now is not the time to gamble with America's future. If you're a conservative or a Republican, I've got the record. She does not. And, and prior to this election, I don't even remember her speaking out on guns, on abortion, on on the washing, on anything. Anything. She really doesn't even uh, she doesn't even show up on the radar, does she? Uh, to a very large degree, you're right. I think her most notable public policy achievement is pushing through the legislature as a registered lobbyist, a significant gas tax increase a few years ago. And then on a political level, her most notable achievement is working with her then boss, Richard Shelby, to help elect pro-abortion, pro-open borders, pro-Obamacare, liberal Democrat Doug Jones to the United States Senate from Ruby Red, Alabama. She and Richard Shelby combined to do this in 2017. Uh-huh. And right. She wants to be the Republican nominee for U.S. Yeah. Senate. Unbelievable. Yeah, backed by the executive director of the Democrat Party of, uh, of Alabama. Mitch McConnell. I mean, this, this is really shocking. But uh, Mo Brooks, if people want to help you again, where do they go? MoBrooks.com. MoBrooks.com. All right. Good luck tomorrow, Mo. And I hope the people of Alabama can see through this. That's the key, uh, Mark. If they will vote tomorrow, Republicans and conservatives, if you will vote tomorrow in Alabama, we will win this thing. And Mark, thank you so much for your friendship, support, and love for your country. You've been fantastic in what you do. Well, God bless you, Mo. So have you. Take care of yourself. Yes, I endorse people that I know after a period of time, who I've watched after a period of time, and uh, I don't know if it helps or hurts or does nothing, but people ask my opinion, that's my opinion. He would be a fantastic senator for the entire country, which is why I bring these candidates on, for the entire country. This is important. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Sharon, Hartsaw, Alabama, the great WVNN. Go right ahead, please. Honored to be on the radio with you, um, Mr. Levin. Thank you so much for all you do, and thank you for your support of Mo, uh, Mo Brooks. Thank okay, you. I'm going to make this real fast. Donald Trump was a great president, and I'm not a never-Trumper. I would vote for him if he ran again, and he, if he becomes our candidate, I will vote for him. But he's not Jesus. He's simply a good man who occasionally makes mistakes, and some of them, to quote <laughs> Trump, are huge. Trump promised to prosecute Hillary Clinton, but then changed his mind. I bet he was All right, right, all right. I don't want to go through this, but I do get your point. You support both Trump and Brooks, correct? Yes, Trump made a huge mistake by endorsing untested Katie Britt, and you've covered the fact that she's Mitch McConnell's candidate, I would say mm-hmm. stooge, because as I read in an article, he likes her. Well, he likes former FBI Director James Comey. How did that work out? All right, thanks for your call. You, look, people make mistakes, there's no question about it, but I'm not here to tear anybody down when it comes to Trump or Mo Brooks. I just have my own knowledge of Mo Brooks, and I have to go with that. It's that simple. Billy, Tucson, Arizona, XM Satellite. Go right ahead, Billy. And good afternoon. Well, actually, good evening out there on the East Coast. Hey, Mark, uh, thank you, producer, for putting me through. Mark, every one of your topics are always fantastic. I listen to your show from Monday to Friday, and every time I hear the national anthem, I always get a tear in my eye. You are like the great one, as Hannity uh, says, oh boy, and it's just a pleasure and an honor. 
and you and you got to me earlier when you said you went into the food market and you said, hey, is a peanut butter shortage? I say, I, I feel the same way. I walk into the store. I said, what's going on here? I'm a 70-year-old man. I've seen everything go through this great country we have. And when I see this and heard you, there's no baby formula. There's no that. I related to you so much. I felt like I was you walking through the store. But wow. you make my night every Sunday and you make my weeks. You are a great American. A Thank great you, American. Billy. You're, you're very, very kind. I appreciate that. Look, I go through these uh, supermarkets and local grocery store anyway. But now I go with a keen eye to what's going on. And same with the gas stations. I pass the same three, no, four gas stations every other day because I want to see what's going on. Of course, I fill up my car. I don't have people working for me that do all that stuff. Uh, And, well, actually, my wife does some of that stuff. But you get the point. I want to see what's going on, too. And I feel it because I feel you folks. And I know how terrible this is. I befriend a lot of people, waiters and waitresses, uh, Uber drivers, cab drivers, flight attendants, because I'm flying between Florida and Virginia constantly. I see what's going on. It is horrendous, absolutely horrendous. And there's no escaping it right now. None. Ben, Glenwood, George on the Mark Levin app. Quickly, Ben, you got a minute. Go. Oh, Mark, what an honor it is to talk to you. I can't even describe how great it makes me feel. Wow. Um, My thought thought was that if they do maintain power, meaning the leftists, and they do start creating the urban people to go out into the... the, the, uh, If they create the suburbs into urban areas, I think is what you're saying. Yep. going to end up backfiring on them just as well because people aren't going to come out of that situation into where people are having better lives in well they they want to create density wherever they can public transportation they want to manage the uh, country and uh they want to do it whether they win elections or not that's the problem they want power one way or the other i want to salute all you heroes out there and thank you my wonderful audience god bless you let's do this again tomorrow <laughs>